Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. So as always, folks, um, whether it's a corporate executive, whether it's an owner of a franchise, um, a multiple real estate player, a coach on either the high school, college level, whatever the case may be, somebody that's impacting the world and making the world a better place based on the example that they bring forth. I have with me no greater or no better legend in my world than the mighty Randy Foy. What's up, Randy? What's up, man? How's everything? It's good. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, just want to introduce everyone to the world here, who you are in my community, okay. a, uh, not only an a 11-year NBA vet, um, has had massive success at the NBA level. Prior to that, the college level, which was an incredible journey for you. And um, you first popped up on my radar screen, both being in New Jersey, when uh, you were named New Jersey Player of the Year in high school. Mm-hmm. I saw you get an award at halftime during the, um, I want to say it was the Final Four or at least it was at Rutgers uh, during the... Um, I think it was at the um, Continental Airline Arena. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, so I was able to see who Randy Foy was at that particular mm-hmm. time. Um, from a distance, you know, I was able to see your journey through Villanova, which, by the way, when we look back on it, um, you were probably one of the first marquee players that Coach Wright drafted. Is that is that a fair statement? I mean, he came on in 01. You came on in 2002 or three, right? Yeah. Is that... So um, we were Jay Wright's first recruiting class. You were. That's what so, I thought. So in that, in that class, it was myself, um, Jason Frazier, Alan Ray, and Curtis Sumter. Mm. Um, and we had Baker Dunleavy uh, with us, which he coached, won a national championship with Coach there. And he's coaching at Quinnipiac now. Wow. Um, we also had um, Mikey Claxton there, Speedy Claxton, younger brother. But Speedy um, – you know, he was great for Coach Wright at Hofstra University. That's right. Yeah. I forgot but, about that. But the coolest thing about these stories is um, I would have never went to Villanova, right, if um, Steve Lapis didn't take the job. I was just going to ask you, who was the coach before yeah. Jay Wright? If Steve that. Lapis didn't take the job and go um, to UMass, he was at Villanova coaching, but he took the job, went to um, UMass, and – Tommy Emmerich was at Seton Hall, mm. and he left Seton Hall and went to Michigan, but he didn't take um, his coaching staff. Wow. And Freddie Hill was Freddie. the guy who I was dealing with um, on a day-to-day basis here in New Jersey, yep. talking to me about Seton Hall. And then, you know, once Tommy Emmerich took the job at Michigan, yep. Freddie Hill needed a job, and he said to me, you know, give me two weeks. And I was thinking more like two days or I was going to go somewhere else, mm. but... Jay Wright didn't get the job. He didn't take the job at Rutgers. Um, he didn't go to UMass. He ended up going to Villanova. Wow. And he hired Freddie Hill. It's amazing rest, how like all that, all that, all that timing and, and history and everything else. And I think for you, your journey is, um, you know, insurmountable odds, I would say, right. you know, just from a distance, uh, not, you know, growing up with you, but, you know, I grew up in, in Bayonne, which is uh, Hudson County, not far from Newark where yep. you grew up and it's definitely a different league, but different speed, but, 
I think the journey you had to get to where you are today, listen, there's folks that may have had a similar journey that made it to the NBA. I think your story post NBA right. is, is just incredible. I mean, cause from my seat, you read, you hear certain things. We have, you know, CFPs down the hall that are NFL and NBA approved, but typically athletes in all shapes and sizes, when they retire, they typically go bankrupt after a certain amount of time, right. right? That's just what's out there. That's the information that's out there. And it's not something they did wrong. It, it goes back to mm-hmm. money, understanding money. A lot of folks that watch this are money mindset oriented and being able to not only survive financial success because there's a charge with money. It's not right. just about presidents with paper. It's about the feeling you get with money. And growing up, listen, we ran out of money on the 20th of every month. You yeah. know, My parents bounced checks all the time. There was drugs and alcohol in my family. My sister was a full-blown heroin addict by the time I was 16. She was 16, I was eight. Um, you know, my dad was in rehab for alcohol when I was in seventh grade. My mom was on prescription pills from when I was three years old. You know, she's still alive, you know, but for a long time she was she was in that space. So in my world of drugs, alcohol, and chaos and confusion, it was present for me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, your, which we're going to get into right now, uh, your journey is unbelievable and i think that the way you kind of things happen for you which goes to your dna rules rituals habits outcome structure all this other things which is what entrepreneurs are really all about can you talk about the early years growing up yeah my early years growing up was um extremely tough um lost my dad at the age of three lost my mom at the age of six um was in you know different households where you know, live with the aunt, live with the uncle, um, some of my mom's siblings. Just pretty much bounced around. They had to split me and my brother um, up because. What's the age difference between uh, you and your brother? It's two years. Okay, got it. But it's just financially, uh, my grandmother couldn't support both. Yeah. Right. And we were so young at the time. It was basically, I would say six and four mm. that she couldn't handle that at that age. Yeah. Right. So, you know, a cousin, a family member um, helped my brother. And it just was tough, man. Just growing up in Newark, New Jersey, and the 80s and the early 90s, like you had to be, you know, not only, you know, physically tough, but you had to be mentally tough where Mm. you had to understand how to maneuver through certain situations and who to hang with, who not to hang with. Because, you know, if you hang with the wrong person, you can lose your life. Yeah. You know, And, and, and on several occasions, you know, I saw people. You know, lose their lives just from hanging out on a corner. I saw people, you know, in stolen cars, you know, crash and you know, paralyzed or in the hospital. So oh, it's a lot. It's a New lot Jersey more. Drive, right? Yeah. Remember that movie? It's, yeah, that's real. It's still wow. real to this day. We we live in a bubble. Yeah, right. And with us living in a bubble, you know, a lot of things are going on in the real world. Yeah, right. Where people are living in poverty. Yeah, we us in this bubble, and I'm a part of the bubble now. We don't get it. Can I ask you a question though? Like, cause when I was young growing up, I was very insecure and I'm sober in AA since 1996. So I was subjected to drugs, thank you, drugs and alcohol, but I didn't start drinking until I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I did cocaine within that same year. And then that lasted for six years. Then I got sober, right? right? That's my story. So when I was young, it sounded like to me that for some reason you had a level of maturity and awareness that maybe a lot of kids in that scenario the way things rolled out for you didn't have is there truth to that is i'm just sensing that just based on what we're talking about yeah, i'm I'm cerebral right um, but from day one were you like that like from, oh, as no, far as you I remember just, i just always felt like 
you know, I have like a superpower mm. when it comes to reading people, right? So, and sometimes I'm I'm human. Yeah. Sometimes I'm wrong, right? Yeah. But I would say a lot of times I'm I'm right, and everyone is surrounded me in my small circle. It's all about you know how we connect on a personal level. Yeah. Right. It's never you know what we what you do when you're in front of me. Yeah. It's always what you do when I'm not around. That's right. And a lot of times me and my That's friends, right. you know, I have the same friends since high school and elementary school. So. Um, that's just the way I do things and, and, and I try to place people, you know, around me or people who want to be around me. Yeah. I try to, you know, always do things where they're in a situation where, where they're happy yeah. and we're having fun. Right. Yeah. And I trust them yeah. and I don't only trust them, you know, when I'm there, but I trust them with my kids. Yeah. I trust them around my wife. Yeah. You know, I just trust them, you know, my, my private and personal business, I, I trust them. So that's what. Um, that's where I feel as though I have a superpower when yeah. it comes to to judging people. Because Reading characters, I, yeah, yeah. I just, yep. I just understand because there's so many different characters, yeah. you know, in the inner city growing up. That right away, you know, if I see someone and feel like they're like con artists, fast talking, yeah, or they trying yeah. to get something out of me, or if I see someone that's really quiet, right, you know, that might be, you know, trouble where I'm from, yes, right, or if I see like or they're a, studying. If I see someone with Napoleon complex and in a room, right? And this is not, I'm only there. it's in our bubble, right? It's a lot of people, you know, that, and it's- There is a lot of Napoleon complex bubbles. With yeah, money. but yes. I'm saying like in in the inner city, like that so too. if it's the smallest person in the room and he has the, you know, the biggest mouth. The come up. Trust me. Yeah. It's a reason. Yes. And that reason, can hurt someone. Yes. So that's yes. that's that's all I'm saying. But and by the way, though, to that that's a really good point because in the city, yeah. But even when you get older in business, there's a level of that where it could hurt somebody based on what you just shared. It's not it's not just the outcome of what would happen between you know this corner and that corner. Right. And the same thing happens in business, whether it's recruiting, whether it's doing something on a corporate level that may not be the right thing. Like that happens all the time. Like right. the the. And I'm sure you've seen this through college, through the MBA, through certain people always coming to you, trying to offer you deals and everything else. It comes in different shapes and sizes. And, you know, you get the the people that are talking about other people behind their back and, you know, what I like to call fake confusion. Yes. Right. Like with a smile. And um, it's amazing that those lessons that are learned growing up, how they apply today, if you really listen and you watch. And mm -hmm. what I admire about you understanding that part of the journey is how it kind of transformed into um, you know, listen, you stay with aunts, grandparents, uncles, and that might not have been easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot we, of love, but it's still not yeah, easy. Yeah, but it, but you see, you know, a lot of different characters moving around. So I lived at I lived on Prince Street Projects yep. in Newark for a couple of years with my grandmother. Basically grew up in Grafton Ave projects. Yep. Right. So you think about I'm moving from South Newark, right, to North Newark. And friendships matter. Yeah. And then my where my grandparents, when, when my great-grandfather lived at, was basically on the border of Central Newark and North Newark, mm. where you can kind of choose where you want to go to high school. So I seen everything from, you know, the way Spanish people yeah. in the neighborhood, yep. the way they move, the way, you know, African-American people that look like me, the way they move. So yep. I had a, a sense of, you know, what it's like in the survival tactics you need yeah. in that environment because if you wasn't smart 
and you didn't move the right way, things can happen to you. And, it, and when it happens, it always happens so fast. You don't see it coming. Yeah, you don't see it coming. When did you pick up a basketball? Um, I picked up a basketball. It's different now. Was there a right? love affair right away? No, nah, I was. I loved football and baseball. Were you a big little kid? Uh, I was always like, or a good athlete. Yeah, I was. I was always just a good athlete. Got it. Like in baseball, I was a pitcher, right? In football, I was oh, a quarterback. Must... Okay. Yeah, so right. I was always like a leader by example. I never was like a rah rah guy where I was screaming at someone and this is how you got to do this. And you know, I was always a guy that led by example. Yeah. And. You know, and I always, I was always bigger. Yeah. So I always played with um, like you older people. Okay. Yeah, 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 I always played up and I always played with older people. And when you played up, did you play well too? Like, was it, were you? No. Okay, no. so that's where you got your bloody yeah, noses. And, yeah, okay. I, I struggled a lot. Um, like, I was an interesting kid, man. Like I said, I maneuvered, but I just knew. Like, yeah. who to hang with, who to play with. Yeah. And I would always take with happened to me with the older guys on the playground mm. and bring it to guys my age and dominate. Yes. All the Love time. That. I would oh do God. that all the time. So I would see the older guys playing in the morning yeah. and I would go out there and play and basically lose every battle. Mm. And then I would go when I and play against people my age and dominate. Yep. Right. And that was playing football. Right. And that was also playing baseball. Amazing. I would go up against a kid that was probably throwing, let's say, 75 to like 85 miles an hour. In grammar school. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then strike out every time. Yep. But then go back and the kid that's my age throwing 62. Boom. It looks like he's throwing, you know. Yeah. A lollipop. Yeah. For all you entrepreneurs out there, let me just kind of tie this into what we talk about because we always talk about modeling. We always talk about matching and mirroring plus plus. So what Randy just said, and this is powerful because we talk about the pain pleasure principle. Psychologically, we like to all avoid pain and gain pleasure. But if you get those wires messed up, you'll avoid competition and play down. What Randy just spoke about, and I think it's amazing. It applies to your business right now. It's what I do with whether I'm with Tony Robbins, Sean Callagy, whether I'm with Randy Garn, David Meltzer. I play up to those folks. So when I come back here, I'm able to kind of create a message and a movement and be able to build out my own brand. Same thing could happen to you within business. Where, you know, you want to play up, hang out with people that have been there, done that, that could teach you the game. It's going to be painful, but with pain, there's growth. And it's going to, be to, uh, it's going to lead eventually to a, a pleasurable experience. And, and Randy, thank you so much for sharing that. Because a lot of athletes that are young, they want to avoid what you just described. And, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a teachable thing. I think, I think some, for somehow, some reason for you, it was something that you realized pretty fast inherently early on that that's a way to grow massively. For some reason, that connected for you. Yeah. Um, Did you get a lot of love from the older guys? Um, I didn't get a lot of love because I just was, I was a, I was a, I was a, when I say street kid, I was a street kid. <laughs> like I would go. Morning till night. Yeah. I probably would have the same clothes on. Yeah. You know, two, three days. Yeah. Playing basketball, sweaty. Yeah. You know, going to the house. Um, grandmother yelling at me, you got to make sure you do this or you got to make sure you do that. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, grandma, like I got the same clothes on. Like I changed like yeah. everything else, but I have the same clothes on because I'm going to play basketball. Like yeah. I got basketball shorts. And then you always say, don't put that stuff in there because you got to take it to the laundromat. We yeah. didn't have washing machine and dryer in the house. We had to go to, to the, the laundromat. laundromat. Yeah. Yep. So I, I was like a kid that would just always just show up. Yep. And no one would pick me like the older guys. Yep. And I wouldn't say nothing because you know older guys. 
Yeah. Pull a hammy, get get hurt. Yeah. Hey, young fella, you want to play? And I would hop in. And that was and it. I, yeah, and I'll just get after it. Yeah. Lose defensive mistakes, people yelling at me. I ain't care. Yeah. But I used to always. So you didn't show take up. it personal. Huh? You didn't take it personal. Oh, I never take You had I a never, built in. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. Like too. just in life, I never take anything personal because I think if you take things personal, you know, that's that's a sign to me, that's a sign of weakness. Yeah. Right. You always have to be able to, you know, have conversations, figure things out on a move, yep. and then understand that if someone's saying stuff or they put you in a situation where you feel uncomfortable, yes. remove yourself from the situation, yep. right? And say, you know, is it worth being around these people if they're making me feel this way? Yeah. Now, did you know that early on? Huh. I didn't know that. I kind of okay. figured that out. You did. When right. I got to, to high school, okay. because with in high school being really good um, and being like no one um, basketball player in my class, mm. right? At my, in, it was a America. lot of hate. Huh? You were number one guard in America? No, 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 in New Jersey. Okay, got it. Yeah, I was number one in New Jersey. What, did you play as a freshman? Did the basketball become part of your story? Yeah, like, so you, I, I kind of dropped. Were older people coming to look at you because you were so good? Yeah, I kind of dropped um, baseball and football. Okay. I would say like at 13. Got it. Yeah, I can remember I was at my aunt's house and, um, you know, baseball coach was like, oh my God, you'd be so good. You're like 6'2", like 13 years old, like pitcher. You throw so hard. He was like, you just need to play. And I can remember my AAU coach saying, hey, you know, you can, we're going to Delaware. We're going to Ohio. Do you want to come? Mm. What, what do I, you know, what do I have to ask my grandmother for? Oh, it's free. You know, we sponsored by Adidas. So that was I'm a different like, place. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. basketball for free. Or hotel, food. Hotel. No, Washington we had like, dryer. we used to do the dollar menu. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> she, give me, she used to give me 10 bucks. I can still do, yeah. yeah. She used to give me 10 bucks and I would go do the dollar menu. And um, not even 10, I think it was like five. So I yeah. just like some fries and some chicken, grab a Gatorade and then do the same thing the next day. You yeah. see like once a day, man, back yeah. in the day. You used to eat once a day, so much traveling. But it made sense to do basketball because I wanted to travel, right? And see the country at yep. that time. And at that time, baseball just wasn't doing that. We was playing in the Roberto Clemente League mm -hmm. and it just was, we were there, you know, people came into us. So we like went to people, you know, around the state, but. We weren't going to Ohio, Vegas, yeah, um, Georgia. Is that yeah? At thirteen, you were on those trips. Yeah, we that's were, amazing. We, were out. we had like I on my team. We, Al Harrington was there. Jay Williams was there. Oh, you're too really? Yeah. Okay. Um, were they Dante older? Jones, they were older. Okay. They were three or four years older. Got Al it. is four years older than me, but they were they were the monsters on the team. They yeah. were the monsters around Jersey. You know, yeah. Jay Will played for St. Joe Matucha. I, I remember. remember looking up to him. He's like three or four years older than me. Al Harrington went to St. Patrick's. He's yep. four years older than me. And that did something to me. And that did something to my life. Um, that June when Al Harrington got drafted, I was in eighth grade and he was, he was in a 12th. That's right. He didn't go to and he went number 25 overall to Indiana. That's right. Um, to the Indiana Pacers. And you saw that. And I can remember sitting there and I was like, wow. Like, I knew Al was nice. Yeah, but I didn't know he was that nice. So that gave and you it, yeah, it did something to me. Like I just was like, I was in awe. Nineteen ninety eight, mm. I was in awe. Like if he can do it, and I'm in the gym, and I'm watching him play, and I'm young, and I'm on the sideline, then I'm coming in, subbing in third, and I'm on a third and fourth team. I'm on subbing those in. teams, yeah. Wow. And once they get tired, we coming on, we playing, and then like Jay will, like yo, you got a chance. Al looking at me like yo. You nice. How great is that? Right when you that get, yeah, that feeling, that's such a comp. Yeah, yeah I, I I knew I had a chance. Right, 
but everyone knew I had like problems, right? I yeah. had a little bit of, I wouldn't say anger problems, but I was to myself. Yeah. And no, really, you didn't speak a lot. Didn't you talk with, a lot. With, the, with the other guys. And, and thinking about That's it. That's how yeah. Rob is, by the way. Yeah. Thinking about it now. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. But thinking about it, thinking about it now, it's probably with some trauma going on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt right? about it. No you question. think about it, it was like, yeah. really didn't talk a lot. And when I was in a room with people, I always felt extremely guarded, you know, like something was going, like I was, I was watching people in the room. Did you, did you have a mindset, curious, mom and dad, three and six, did you have a mindset that the shoe was always going to drop and you, is that why you were always reserved and yeah. quiet? Did you think like, I let me think, not get too close because I don't want to lose whatever yep. this is. Always like, so I always was guarded and I, I never wanted to. You know, get too close. Yep. Like to like to people this day. And my, I remember my aunt would just be like, "Oh, I love you." And I was like, "All right, bye." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you know so what I'm I never, yep. I never say like, I never say, you know, at the end of calls. Yeah. Now I do. Yeah. Right, because I learned, you know, matured as a man. But yeah. when I was young, I would never say, "Hey, love you guys." Like, yeah. I never would do that. Just yeah. say, "Hey, take care. See you guys soon." Yeah. Must have been tough, man. It was another guard. His name was Sal Thompson, and never heard of him. Yeah, he there's a reason some, why, right? Yeah, it's a reason why. Yeah. Now nah, he didn't lose his life or anything, but it's a reason. There's why. a reason why. Yeah, it's something. He just got, he got caught up. Yeah, um, and that happens too. And that happens to a lot of kids. But he had a chance. How good was he? He's his handle was probably one of the best handles. Um, just in and out crossovers behind the back. From Newark. Uh, he was from Newark. Yeah, I think he was from like West slash South Newark. But I remember the reason why I went to Eastside was because of him. Really? Yeah, he was a year older than me. No, I think he was two years older. Did than you me. get to play with him at all in high school? No, he transferred. No, he went to North Carolina. Okay. And once he transferred, they ended up giving me the keys. And that was the right best away. thing for you. As it was a the best thing because I would have played with him, and he was like, I think Sal. Sal was like probably like five ten. Yeah. But Sal being five ten, and me being, I would have been a two guard. Yeah. Right. So we'd have played in the backcourt together, but. I don't know, man. He just he he set the tone, man. Yeah, like yeah. he was he was different. He was like your standard. His his he was a point guard. Yeah, and yeah. Shout out to Sal if you're yeah, out there. Shout out to Sally Al. But um, he was he was different, yeah. and that helped me with my point guard skills from yeah. watching him. Yeah, because it would be like him, Jay Will. Yeah, you know Dante Jones. You know, yeah. I remember him too. Yeah, Dante is assistant coach with I the Clippers him. right now. Yeah, wow. You know, when I was coming up in the in the eighty six to eighty nine, there wasn't a lot of six foot four point guards. There really wasn't. It started towards towards the end of that, but you were kind of, I would say, an outlier as a point guard going. You were kind of a bigger point guard, right? Yeah, I was. I was tall, man. Like, how tall are you when you went in six four? Yeah, I'm six four. Yeah, I was in, in high school. I was the same size. Yes. So. I can remember my AAU coach, Sandy Pione, is always saying, you're Sandy. not, yeah, you're not a, a shooting guard or a small forward. You know, you're a guard. Mm. You need to be able to handle, you need to be able to shoot, yep. you need to be able to pass. And a lot of Jay Wright was like, hey, you need to be able to do all that. And we recruited you because you could do all that, but you need to be able to defend. Mm. And not only defend, you need to be able to rebound, push the ball, right? You need to dive on the floor, all the little things. We know you can do the big things, you know, handle the ball, shoot. And you know, pass, but you need to do the little things to help us win. So Amazing. I give a lot of credit to you know Sandy Pioni and Jay Wright. So for all the people that don't understand what it's like to be a blue chip basketball player, can you talk about? Um, and this is in business, this all relates to business, but can you talk about the level of recruitment that began to happen to a a kid from Newark? And this started early for me, uh, and I didn't realize what was going on, but 
It started like in seventh grade. Wow. It started in seventh grade where people just started noticing me. Wow. And the recruitment from which AAU team I would go to. Mm. You know, will be, you know, New Jersey Roadrunners were big at that, that time. That was the first one. That was Hurley and them. Right? Yeah. And then the Tim Thomas players were massive. Tim Thomas. So we would be, at that time, we were number two in the state and they were number one. Yep. And it became, I wouldn't say an argument, but the recruiting started there. Yeah. You know, dealing with Jimmy Salmon, um, dealing with Sandy Pioni. And it just resonated with me because we had a, it felt at the time that a lot of guys that played for Jimmy was, you know, from the the Patterson, T-neck, yep. you know, Northern Jersey. And yep. it seemed like a lot of guys that played for the Roadrunners, they were, from, they were from like Jersey North. City and North, yep. right? So, and, and it's a mixture now, but yeah. that's what it felt like to me. So I just went with who I was comfortable with. If yeah. I was living in, you know, Passaic County or up there at that time during yeah. that era, I probably would have played up there. Yeah. Was there integrity breaches? Like, how did you kind of, how did you stay in a place where, you know, there's fine lines, even before you knew what rules were, especially seventh, eighth, ninth grade, I don't know what the conversations are like, but how were you able to maintain a level of integrity throughout that process as your star began to climb? Just understanding that when you work hard, good things happen. Yeah. When you're a good person, they always say, oh, good guys, that's not true. Mm. Right? Good guys don't finish last. No, they don't. Right? When you're a good person and you work hard and, and you care yeah. for others, things just happen. And the reason why, you know, I had so much success in high school because I care for others. I could have went out, yeah, I could have went out and scored 50, 60 points or try to like break records, right? But I understood if I had 10 points, and 10 assists and the guys that were with me, they were happy. And we had won. a better, yeah. We had a better chance to win, not that game, because we're basically destroying the team, but yeah. later in yeah. the States Amazing. when it's one and done. And I learned a lot of that from just being around point guards. I learned a lot of that from being around shooting guards. I learned a lot of that from sitting on the side when I was younger yeah. and watching the best player give, you know, the not, let's say three, four, five guy on the team, yeah. give him the ball and he score watching how hard he played defense after that. Yeah. So that was just me being a sponge, like I said. Yeah. Just watching and observing everything that was going on. Yeah. And the integrity of it just, I'm just sitting back and I'm saying to myself, you know, this is how, this is where success is built. And me understanding that you need a great team around you, but that team has to be, they have to, they have to feel wanted, mm. right? And with that team being around you, not only are they feel that they feel wanted, but they got to be a part of something that feels like special. Wow, business owners, team builders, um, everybody that is in the place of scaling their business and replacing themselves and going on a meteoric rise, you just heard the ingredients of how a team, whether it's a general manager, CEO, COO, CFO, whatever the case may be, the breakdown that happened there was incredible because at the end of the day, if you think about, look at his star as a eighth grader, ninth grader, 10th grader, to his point, he probably could have scored two, 3,000 points in high school, but everyone around him would have been um, turned off by his success. Now, what he did, and I love the way he always thought about the future, because he understood growing up the importance of getting playing time and having people aligned, right? So when you have alignment with your teammates, even though you're the star of the team, 
but you're sacrificing in a way for the team to win versus individual accolades. Success leaves clues. It doesn't show up at the front door. You got to go take things. They can't just, they're not going to just be given to you. That breakdown of what he did in high school is incredible. And I'm sure the right coaches began to see that, you know, in your recruitment process. And uh, that's an amazing, thank you for sharing that. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's my, really amazing. One thing that, that I learned early on, the team is the star. Mm. So if you, if Rob Gill is making X amount of money and everyone is not making anything, mm. they're not going to work as hard. That's right. Right? You got that right. But a lot of times, and, and when you, you're doing business things and, and, and I'm in the, the game of we, right, yeah, yep. is better than me. That's right. A lot of times when you, people just want their family taken care of. That's right. They're going to grind, right? Yep. That health insurance, right? Yep. That'll be right. The 401k, better yep. be right. The That's pension, right. better be right. So I I think that for me, I understood that mm -hmm. early on and I took that to college. Amazing. And and your recruitment, did you have like five or six schools before you decided Nova? Yeah, I had. Or I like, had. what was that? The one school was that I nervous? really wanted, I love the way Billy Donovan guards played at Florida. Yeah. Mm. And we were in Vegas at the big time and Billy Donovan came over. Who was there when you played against them? Um, it, I don't even remember, but I just remember like he had some, like he, I think he had like some top guards. I think it was like Anthony Robeson. That's right. And then I love Duke because Jay Will played on. Did you get know, a lot of Krzyzewski time? He played on my AAU team. Yeah. But I guess just the, the type of kid I was at that time. Yeah. They wasn't recruiting kids from Fair the enough. inner city. Understood. Like so, should have. You know, should have. Missed right? the ball on that but, one. Yep. Yeah. And they and they got, they got took the kid, Sean Dockery, from Chicago. Um, but I wanted to go there. I wanted to go to Cincy. I thought I was a Cincy because I loved Kenny Satterfield from mm. New York. Um, Kenyon Martin was there. Okay. I, that yeah. was the team you would have been on. He, I wouldn't have been on that team. They were they were older. They were like four years old. Oh, he had just left. But I would have came in, and I think I would have played two years got with it. Kenny. Yeah, right. So you got Kenny, and now I'm looking at Senior Hall because it's home. Yep, Rutgers. Right. Yep. Heavy because heavy recruitment, like heavy like home, like trying to get. Oh, you. like at Rutgers and Senior Hall was at every single thing. We, every we, day we, we were having practices. Cincinnati was at our practices. Mm. Um, Florida came up a few times. Um, Duke came up, or we, we saw Duke everywhere we went and had some type of um, interaction with them. So we we just, like as a team, Villanova wasn't even in the picture. Now, why is that? Because Jay Wright wasn't there yet? Jay Wright was at Hofstra. Got it, okay. So the other guy wasn't even, yeah. got it. So Understood. this is like early on, like the people that were around. Was your teammate so souped up? That's just like an 80s word. So souped up to see all this attention yeah. that was being brought to them. And some yeah. of your guys might have got scholarships at other schools because of- They didn't have the grades though. Got it, okay. Right? Yep. So I was I was with Nick, so I love Nick. I know you love Nick. Yes. Right? Hudson Catholic guy, great guy. Nick's sister. Um, wow, I forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah, she did an SAT prep in Bloomfield. And I would have to take the bus there. And I think it was Tuesday, Thursday. So I would practice and she would stay at there and she would help me prep for the SAT. Mm. And you knew Nick back then too? Yes. Yeah. He was at Bloomfield Tech yeah. at the time. And they and were good? They were really good. Yeah. They made it to the finals. They were really right? good. Yep. Yeah. We played them in the Essex County tournament. Nick, a lot of love here for you, brother. Um, and your and sister. And like, we, we reconnected. Um, at the fort? At the fort for yeah. the men's mental. Um, Teddy Sorless. Um, Teddy Sorless made you shout out. Basketball tournament. Yeah. yeah. We, me and Nick reconnected, but he was always just... I just always thought he was like legit, solid guy. Yeah, like trustable. Um, 
he wanted me to go to Bloomfield Tech, understood who Sandy was, understand who the East Side coach was at that time. Yeah. And just understood that relationship was drove me basically to East Side. Yeah. So And that would never change even with new information now, right? You still would have went to East Side? I should have went to St. Anthony's. Well. Because everyone was, been, going, yeah. everyone was going Did to St. Did he Saint. come after you? Yeah. Everyone I've, everyone was going to St. Patrick's Saint at the time. But I just, I felt like you actually where I lived yeah. to get to Journal Square and do all of that. I just a lot of buses. Yeah. yeah I didn't a lot of walking. It would have been, it would have been an hour and a half commute. I just East didn't one. love it. And yeah. then St. Pat's, I didn't love the commute. But East Side, the beauty of it, yeah. right? The 34 was basically took me from Roseau Lab, which was like four blocks from my house. Yep. And it took me, it was like a 40 minute bus ride, but it dropped me off right in front of the East Side. Yeah. And it was it was a convenient, it was much easier for you. Let me ask you this. Did you play St. Anthony's at all in high school at any point? Yes, any we played St. Anthony's our first game uh, my senior year. I think they were like number one in the state. Yeah. And I think we were number two. How and we, they ended up beating us, I think, by, I don't know what it was, but I know I had a great game. Yeah. But they beat us. Wave of guards. like Yeah, they had John. Donald Copeland. They had Elijah Ingram. They had Dwayne Anderson. So oh, I, I, I think that, that was St. John, Seton Hall. Yeah. Um, St. Joseph's in Philly. Yeah. And that was around the same time that Camden had, what's his name? Dewan uh, Wagner. Yeah. Yes. He was scoring like 100 a game. I remember that. Um, or at least in one game. So, wow, dude. So now, all right, all of a sudden, senior year, things are changing real fast. Jay Wright comes on the scene. Yes. And he's building something that Nova hasn't seen ever before, even though they had won a championship in 85 in a miraculous fashion. But he was about to build something We were special. struggling. So you, you think of, you know, we had really good players at that time, but I think I think it was like seven to eight years where it was a tournament drought. Yeah. So we were really struggling. And you're talking about the 90s, late 90s. Late 95 90s. 95 to 2001, 2003. Yeah. It was like right after Kerry. I think Kerry and, the, and those Kerry guys, Kills. yes. Yeah. They lost to Old Dominion, I think, in the first or second round. And it just was a bad taste um, in everyone's mouth. And Lapis was there. He was a good coach. He had some success there. But yep. but Coach Wright, just his vision was different. You know, he just wanted to – his whole thing was just playing Villanova basketball, playing a certain way, right, building an identity. And no matter if things are going right or if things are going wrong, the team, right, the, the structure of the team, you can tell if we're playing the right way. Yeah. No matter if that team goes on a run, no matter if we going on a no matter if we go on a run, you can tell from playing Villanova basketball yeah. that no matter what, we always had a chance to win. Because of the process systems and processes and strategies. Just because of everything that was in place from because, day in and day out. Yeah, the way he prepped you know, the way we built habits. Uh, people like we had roles. You know, yeah. certain guys knew exactly what they could do. And if someone was out of character, you can tell right away. Yeah. Like you don't do that. Yeah. Like what are we doing here? Yeah. Bring it back. Yeah. You know? Can you tell me about how you felt? Because you've seen a lot of coaches recruit you. Mm -hmm. What was his integrity? You know, what was his biorhythms, his message? Like, how did you feel? Because you, you got to say yes at some point, right? And something happened that you said yes to. So, Freddie Hill is like, see you hall, see you hall, see you hall, see you hall. Then he goes, zero dark 30. He was coming to my high school. <laughs> He's coming to my high school every day. So, when he goes, zero dark 30, I'm saying to my high school coaches, Coach Garv and Anthony, uh, Coach Tavares, like, what's going on? Yeah. And they want me to stay local, but they don't know if Coach Hill's zero dark 30 because yeah. he might it might turn from T and Hall to, to hey, you want to go to Michigan. Got it. 
So and he was the conduit, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, he was your your. That's your for that's that your class. CEO. Yeah, for that class, he set the tone. Basically, we were going wherever. Got he it. was just so he was so unique in Dialed his in. recruiting style. Yeah, where he made you feel like he was your uncle yeah. or he was one of your boys. Got it. Right. So he goes zero dark thirty. I would say for like two days. Um, coaches <laughs> trying to connect with him. And then like within two days, he get back to me and he said, hey, I'm not going to Michigan, but I think I have something really good that's going to happen. Mm. And that was either going to be Coach Hype was going to go to Rutgers and he was going to be with him, um, assuming at this point, and, yep. or he was going to go elsewhere and Coach was going to um, take Freddie Hill. And he come back like a week later, you know, I'm pissed, you know, I'm this kid and I think I'm seeing guys sign, so I'm thinking I'm missing out. See, so it's a nerve wracking time. Yeah, because it's I like see... I see the kid sign, um, Anthony Rob, I think his name, Robeson. Yep. See him sign with Florida. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. He's ranked pretty high. I see Sean Dockery sign with Duke. Whoa, that's yep. another guard. He's ranked pretty high. Yep. So now, should I wait or should I commit to Cincy? Now, this is after the season or uh, is this? This is like going, this is like. This is like in March or is this like in January? This February? is like going through the summer, like the end of the summer. Okay, so you're at September yet. Got yeah. It. All right. And now it's hit, it's getting close to September. Got it. Which you want to be signed by then. Yeah, you want to be signed. Yeah. Yep. So you want to sign your letter of intent. Yeah. And then Coach Hill comes and he don't call. He just shows up. Okay. Just took the associate head coaching job at Villanova University. Now, how'd you feel about like Villanova like in that moment? Had no clue. Were they them. even? Okay. I just knew Kerry Kid was... Wore one sock high and the other <laughs> sock low. <laughs> yeah. And he can he can almost dunk from the free throw line. That's and right. is Ray Allen, right? Yeah. Allen Iverson, Kerry Kittles in the biggies. Yeah. And he plays for Villanova and their uniforms were cool. Yeah. That's all I knew about Got it. at the time. Got and it. I oh no, no, I'm sorry. Um Tim Thomas also. I knew he was right, he a freshman there. I know yeah. he did one and done. Yeah. That's all I knew about Nova. Yeah. That's it. But so you knew they were legit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew they, they were legit. Yeah, I knew they, they were in the they biggies. Made, they checked off your list. Yeah. So you know, everything is timing. So it I, is. I, I do my visit, you know, me and my grandmother come up on a... Um, so was your was that your right-hand, right-woman person, your grandmother? Yes. In those decisions? Is that... She didn't she Was didn't she understand. your force? Yeah, she didn't understand what was going on, though. Yeah. But she was your... Yeah. Your, your blanket. But, you know, a lot of coaches were around, but I, I, Coach Wright came up and Freddie Hill came up and they, they expressed, like, how important it was you know, for me to go to Villanova and, you know, come down, make it my first visit. And Coach Wright and Freddie, they went to Park Ave in Newark, New Jersey. Mm. And it was a ton of, it was a ton of people outside. It was like in the summertime when he, after he took the Nova job, he had a suit on, you know, Coach Wright, you know, he's looking like he's about to coach a game, pull up in the Range Rover, hop out the Range Rover, um, says to me or whatever, you know, Coach Wright looks extremely nervous because they think he's the cops. So everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, you good? You good, Foy? You good? You good, Foy boy? You good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Villanova University. Oh, all right, we're making sure. Yeah. And we get some, we get KFC. Yeah. You know, we get a bucket of chicken. Yep. Some biscuits. Yep. Mashed potatoes. Love my biscuits. Yep. My, my grandmother's sitting there. We're eating. Freddie's like sitting on the bottom of the steps eating. Coach Wright. Take a suit jacket off, put it on the banister. He sits down, we're eating, and we just talk for like two hours. Mm. And she was like, Randy, I really like that man. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. And Coach Hill lived in, um, he's from East Orange. 
but I think at that time he was living somewhere in Jersey. He hasn't he hadn't moved to Pennsylvania yet. Got it. And I was like, you know what? Let's see. I'm a, I'm gonna make sure that's my first visit because I was gonna make my first visit elsewhere. Got it. But I was like, let me make that my first visit. And I mean, we took the train up. First visit. Jason Fraser's there, mm. right? Um, all these different people are there. And I know Jason Fraser was like North Carolina, all the top schools wanted Jay. Yeah. And Jason Fraser's there, Curtis Sumter's there, Alan Ray's, all of us were there, like the class that eventually turned everything around. And I, I'm looking in a crowd, and we're like in the, we're in Jake Nevin, and it's just a crowd of like kids on the floor, mm. and they're playing music. And they're introducing the guys or whatever. And as they're introducing the guys or whatever, I just see a sign, right? And there's one sign. It says, Foy, please come. We want you here. Mm. Like that. And I just see my last name huge. Obviously, I know it was set up. Yeah. Right? It felt good, though. But it felt good. Yeah. And then I hung out with the guys. Um, had some, you know, we ate afterwards. I think they took us to like Dave and Buster's, yeah. all of us. And I was like, you know what? This feels right. Mm. The next day I had breakfast with the coaches mm. and they did a blue white game. Mm. And I was, this feels right. And we got back on the train. And as we driving on the train, I call um, Freddie Hill. And I was like, yeah, I want to commit. Mm. And he was like, huh? He's like, normally those that happen that fast. I was like, yeah, it just felt right. Yeah. It's like, it's not a big school, smaller, yeah. community-based. Um, just, I like the setup. That's what I said to him. Yeah. I like the setup. Yeah. So he was like, when can I come up? So I think on Monday, no, I said to him, it was a Sunday, I said to him, yeah. he told Coach Wright, everyone was happy I committed, but they wanted me to sign a letter of intent. Of course. Right, so we go yeah. to Fornos in Newark, in East Newark. And I signed a letter of intent. Yep. And getting ready to start my senior year. And it's on. Mm. It's on. And the and other guys saw that you signed right away too, right? The guy, the class that you came out with? The other players? Yeah, it was somebody Alan Ray signed first. Oh, he did? Okay, so it yeah. was quick though. But the reason why when Alan Ray signed, me and Alan Ray played against each other that summer. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this kid can, we're totally opposite. So you saw the, the connection. Yeah, he's a shooter, yeah. right? He's off coming off screens. I'm like ball handling, getting mm. to the basket, shoot when I have to. Totally different. Point guard, that's my two. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. saw him play. Um, I don't think I don't think he played for the Gauchos. I'm not sure who he played for, but I saw him play in Connecticut. Yeah. And yeah. he played well. He committed, right? Then I think that Jason Frazier, I played against Jason leading up to the season at the Gauchos. I played against Jason Frazier. I think it was like Taekwon Dean. They played mm. for the Long Island Panthers. It was yeah. Taekwon Dean, yeah. Mikey Claxton, Jason Frazier, Curtis mm. something on that team. And we beat them in the championship. And I think I had like 55 points. <laughs> and Jay was like super mad. And I see him like, you know, if you know Jay, he like super mad, passionate about everything. And then when he see me, he was like, good game. <laughs> and then Coach Hill afterwards, he said the best thing that probably happened for us getting him is you scoring 55 on him. You felt good about it. Huh? You felt like you could trust you on the court. No, because he felt like if I'm going to be playing with him. That's what I'm saying. And Allen. We got something. So then, We're building something. Yep. And now Curtis yeah. Sumter on his team, 6'7", commit. Yeah. And then Jay Frey commits to Nova. Amazing. So me and Jay are roommates. It's huge. Yeah. Um, Long Island kid from Amityville, kid from Nork. And we just we just clicked. Right and away. He, yeah, he had five. Friendship for life. 
Yeah, we still talk to this day. Yeah. He had five knee surgeries that kind of threw a wrench in, you know, his future as an NBA basketball player. And that happens too, right? Yeah. That's part of that's part of the journey for some but players. The way he has bounced back, you know, working, coaching in the NBA, being on the bench, behind the bench, being a principal now mm. in Phoenix, Arizona. See that? Um it's not just during the years, it's it's the life lessons and how you could really help other people, right? And your family. So, so let me let me just kind of ask a question because Ed Milet talks about our our temperature, our life temperature, and some people that they have a certain economic temperature, right? Right, that they feel they deserve or don't deserve. So a lot of times you'll see folks that may achieve a level of financial success, but down deep, they don't think they deserve. This is not you. Down deep, they don't think they deserve it. That happened to me in my first wave of financial success that I had in 2008, 9, 10, and 11. Mm -hmm. Seven figures. Um, never came from an economic background, understanding of money, right? And as a result of it, I'd start missing meetings or, you know, I just kind of took stuff off the pedal. And I felt the effects of that, which I've later dealt with since then. But I kind of went back down, took a step back. It was all subconscious, of course. When you left Newark and now we're on the campus of Villanova, <laughs> right? I know this is going. Right? <laughs> like, and and because I, I just love, I love talking about people's journeys, right? And I love learning and, and hunting human excellence. How is that, first of all, the transition, but then feeling like, hey, I deserve this and dealing with that level of success. And I'm talking before the NBA. Rob, that's a, that's a great question. When I left Newark and went to Villanova University, I was in shock. Mm. And I said, I believe it. The first thing I said, where, where are all the black people at? Where are the Spanish people at? Yep. I was in shock. Yep. Right. And that's and I was homesick. Yeah. And one thing that, you know, I applaud Coach Wright on, he knew it. Yep. He saw it. Yep. So he kinda, you know, called my AAU coach. Um, he talked to Freddie. Yep. Freddie talked to me, my AAU coach talked to me. And once he let those guys talk to me, he came to me and basically was asking, like, Am I are you okay? Yeah. And he talked to me about, you know, am I okay? Probably for like I would say twenty minutes, yeah. And then he basically explained like this is what it is. This yeah. is the real world. Yeah. He was like, if you look around, just the country, is it supposed to be this way? Nope. Nope. But this is the this way it is. is this is what it is. Yeah. Will it change? Yeah. It's going to change, right? And he talked to me, and once that happened, right, I I, I just would be in class, and it does something to you, yeah, right. You know, a posit in a positive way when. You're the only black kid in there, right? Yep. And you're sitting around all white kids. Yeah. You maybe have a Spanish kid here yeah. and there, right? My wife went there and she's Spanish, but you may have a Spanish kid here and there, but for the majority of it, it make you feel like you don't want to let your community down. Mm. Right? So you so have I a higher can, purpose. Yeah. So I can Got I can it. remember, you know, professors, you wow. know, we're we're reading in class, right? And a professor will call on me first. I'm like, shit, I can read. Yeah. Right? Be doing presentations, which I hated. Yeah. Right? Almost broke out in hives. Yeah. But I would get up there and do it. Yep. Sweating like a maniac. Yes. Do, you <laughs> do the thing you fear to do to death of fear certain. But yep. it put me in situations where as I, you know, started my foundation where I was the keynote speaker. What's the name year. of the foundation? Randy Foy Foundation. Randy Foy Foundation. Excellent. I was the keynote speaker every year. Yeah. Villanova. Has, I give them all the credit in the world. They prepped me for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I took an acting class. Where Did I had you to do really? A, yeah. Where I had to do a monologue at the end. Wow. I had to do like a, a, I would say like a four, 
to five paragraph that. monologue that I had to memorize, memorize and, act and it do out. it in, and act it out and do it in front of the class. What, 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 <laughs> what was your character? I, it was I was in the Vietnam War. As what though? As as was, a soldier? Or I was sergeant? a soldier. Okay. And the you had to go like you know jump over the, the person next to me just was shot in the so torso. So you had to be shocked and yeah. So I had to devastated. Plug the wound. Got it. Right. Okay. So um, and Father Peter who was our president now, mm. he was the professor who taught that acting class. It's amazing. And in the beginning, I was like looking at Father Peter, hey, I'm not, come on, Father, like serious, I'm not doing this. Yeah. You know, you had to dance and do certain things, but he kind of broke me out of my show. Yeah. And I can remember going to the NCAA tournament and being a quiet kid that really didn't say much. Yeah. Right? I was the face of the team. By what junior or senior? This is my junior year. Yeah, yeah. Whenever the mic came Got around. It. Were you in the press conferences all the time? Yeah. They would, they would be in the press conference and they'd say, hey guys, anyone of you can answer this question. You know, what happened here, 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 here? And I'll like, hey, you know what? We just got to play Villanova basketball. We got to stick together. Yeah. And then I would see Coach Rice sometime like, I love I it. it. And then afterwards, I love it, Dusky. And he saw where I was going. Yeah. And I was breaking out of my shell. And it wasn't because, it wasn't because of anything you know, that I was, I just was uncomfortable, you know, articulating myself yeah. in front of a, a crowd. It's amazing. Like, you know, I always wanted to, you know, I'm, I'm a pleaser. So when I'm talking, I want to connect yeah. with you, him, yeah. her, you know, whoever it is. I just want to connect with everyone and yeah. I want everyone to understand exactly where I'm coming from. Amazing. Amazing. So at what point did you understand that there was an NBA future? And I want to talk about your senior year on the tournament run, but before you guys ran into Florida, what did you? What was your? Uh, when did you know? I knew. I knew. I knew in high school because it was a lot of guys that was like ranked higher than me, and at the at the ABCD camp. That's a great camp. Yeah, for all the folks that that's like the camp. It's fairly camp, Dickinson's camps. Um, in North Jersey, and LeBron was there. That's when he beat out that other guy, Lenny, Lenny Cook. Yeah. LeBron was there, and we did a segment where the life. They were following like LeBron and Sebastian Telfair. Sebastian. And then they had a little segment of me. And the guy with the day the guy was supposed to follow me, um, I got I had pneumonia. Okay. So I was sick. Got it. Had to leave. So it was my day. And you didn't get sick. It. I was number 18 in the country. Got it. Got and it. the day he was supposed to do it, I was sick. So I dropped from 18 to 76. Just like that. Yep. But I'm looking at these guards. And but you already know. Yeah. But I knew from playing against them. Yeah. And it was it's an article where I was like, I said something to somebody in the Star Legend. Like, I could go straight out of high school if I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. It was like a big deal. And people were like clowning me and laughing. Yeah. Um, but I remember my uncle, I came home. My uncle was like, hey, man, don't forget about the little people. <laughs> <laughs> but that must have been pressure too, though. Uh, yeah. When, but when I you started knew. to get successful, like the pressure that you must have felt. I'm assuming to take care of people. Yeah, but they didn't understand. Like they, they uh, never yeah. would. They didn't understand how how good I was. Oh, okay. They just thought like I was just playing. They didn't like when I went to the ABCD camp. No one knew about my grandmother. Okay, got it. And then some some of the like my boys. Yeah. Like, like oh, you going to ABCD? It's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Um, but no one understood the level of basketball I was playing. Yeah. They thought I just was going places and playing open gym. Yeah, but they didn't you know at that point. I, I knew yeah. like from playing that I didn't know I would make it, but I knew I had a chance and yes. I knew I was putting myself in situations to perform in front of certain people where it, if I perform right against the right guy, yeah. I'm gonna go. 
Yeah. So I go to, I, I think I was like 76 and I think I worked my way all the way back up to like 45 by the end of it. Yeah. Right. And I decide to go to Nova. Yeah. And I get to Nova. I start right away. And I'm, I'm I would say like those first, I would say like those first nine games, I was killing. Yeah. We were five and oh in conference play. We wow. beat Michigan State at the Laskin shootout. And I'm the starting point guard. Wow. And I'm doing. That's impressive. Yeah. He let us go. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. So it went from like, oh, he might have to do two years to like, he might be gone after his freshman year. Yeah. And we playing so well. We playing so well. We're five and zero. Oh, you and had a you had a mature body too, like an NBA yeah. body, right? You I was like I was strong. Freshman. I was I was I was a big kid. Can yeah. handle the ball. Yeah. Get in the paint. Shoot over people. Yeah. Because a lot of the guards in the Big East at that time was like small, quick. Yeah. Like strong guards, and it was like, oh man, you can go. Yeah. Like Marbury type, Baron Davis type. Yeah. And I was like, oh. That's so right. I started thinking about it, and then. Within like three weeks, we get hit with a um, NCAA violation. We had like a phone card scandal. I didn't know that. Yep, they like went back ten years prior. Oh my god! And I didn't majority, even know that. Yeah, majority of the students was using this code, and <laughs> the program after that just was in shock because guys got suspended. Players? And, yeah, and they rolled over into sophomore year. Wait, so how many? So you didn't even get? You couldn't even make the tournament as a freshman. Yeah, we didn't make the tournament. No, we did. We didn't make it. Sophomore you think about transfer? Huh. My sophomore year, I was thinking about transferring. That's a normal thing, right? I mean, because it was just, down. it just was intense, man. And, and, and coach, you know, it wasn't going his way. It was a lot of articles out there questioning, you know, is he the right coach for the job? And it just wasn't going our way. And he he must have, that must have been very private. Yeah, it was tough. How did he handle you can, that? You can see it. It just was to, tough. For you to stay and like. But, you know, I had a conversation with Freddie Hills. Like, I just don't think this is, you know, this is the spot for me. Yeah. And he was asking me why. I was just saying, you know, coaches on me, you know, for the littlest things. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, looking back to my senior year, um, all of the things he was on us about yeah. was the reason why we made it so far. We yeah. went to the lead eight, the reason why I was the Big East player of the year, first team All-American, mm. right? First team All-Region that we were in, mm. right? You know, lottery pick. The reason why I played 11 years in the NBA is a lot of, the little things that coach always talked about. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So let me ask you this. You, you said you met your wife in college? Yes. What's your wife's name? I, I've never met your wife, so I don't. My wife is like super low key. Yeah. Um, don't love the spotlight. Um, just even when, like I'm getting inducted into the um, the Villanova Hall of Fame. Like yeah. my jersey, my number is retired there. My, awesome. my jersey that I wore is retired there um, for what I did, yeah. you know, while I was there. Now I'm getting inducted to the Villanova Hall of Fame. Congratulations. In January. Awesome. And she's the keynote speaker. speaker. Wow. Not the keynote speaker, but. She's introducing you. She's the one who's in, making an introduction. And how, me how did you meet? I mean, you meet in college, but like we yeah, were we in met class in, together? Yeah, or? we met in class. So we had like a, we had like a lot of mutual <clears throat> friends. What's her first name? I'm sorry. Christine. Christine. Yeah. Yep. We had a lot of mutual friends that went to um, <laughs> Father Peter's acting class. Yeah. So we were in a geography class. So that was class. a big class. Yeah. Got it. We were in a geography class. A lot of the athletes took it. Yeah. We were in a geography class and we just started talking and we like, we knew just like athletes always stuck together. Yes. Right? Yep. And we started talking and then- over, And she was, she was a- She was a year soccer? younger. Soccer? Yes, she yeah. played soccer. Got it. She played soccer, I know. And over- we were talking, we were friends, and everyone had each other numbers. So over like the break, I was like, let me ask this girl if she want to go out. Yeah. Right. So I asked her, does she want to go out? 
I think we went to Champs. Remember Champs? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was like, and I took yes. out the Champs, and I remember we were sitting like this, yeah. and it's a TV up, and she's like talking, and I'm watching the basketball game the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It hasn't that, changed. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we just, um, we dated, but then like, it seemed so like So your whole college experience, you were with her? Kind of? No, no, just she's younger. Oh, so it's like it. my junior that's year. Right. That's when we started um, dating. My junior year, we started dating, but we were young, and we'll like date for like three months, and then we'll break up. Got it. Then we'll date for three months, but then by like junior year, like the towards the end of junior year, we just was completely locked in. Yeah. Because I was getting ready to go to Izmir, Turkey, for um, uh, to play America. in the World University yeah. Games for the yep. U.S. And just that was must completely locked too. in. Yeah, we were yeah. completely locked in after that. Ian, thank you for coming yep. in today. Thanks, man. What Appreciate an awesome it. time. Yep. Yes. Thanks. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.